0: Hello, um, so I'm just going to get started um, on everything. Um, welcome to our wonderful See You Want to Work in the Arts webinar. Um, I've got some amazing guests um, with us today. Um, if everyone has to turn their cameras and, and unmute themselves in a minute, that would be great. Um, but yeah, I'd just like to explain a bit about who I am and who, uh, what See You Want to Work in the Arts is and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, so I'm Tom Stocks, I'm the Program Manager and uh, Creative Talent Program Manager here at Creative Youth uh, and Fusing international um i really in terms of the creative talent program now um and so you want to work in the arts we've been going a little while now and we do these sort of bi-monthly um and we do lots of different sort of topics, um, just sort of creating different conversations about to-do subjects, and also um, just all different things that are happening sort of in the arts at the moment. Um, today is obviously our community webinar about how community arts uh, can further. And yeah, so we're just sort of go, gonna go from there. So I'll hand over to Archie. Um, please, if you've got any questions, put them in the Q&A box below, um, and I'll be sort of updating as well on the, uh, on the chat, if anything needs to do so. I'll I'll hand you over to your wonderful host this evening, which is Archie.
1: Oh, amazing.
0: Thank you, Tom. Um,
1: Yes, so my name's Archie. My pronouns are he, him. Uh, and I am the community learning and participation lead for creative youth, which means that I oversee, probably most importantly for this particular webinar, all of our work with community organizations. And different kind of sections of the community that we perceive to be underrepresented in the arts, and that can be anything from kind of going into youth groups and running sort of one off art workshops or working with a select group of young people to kind of put a project together Um, something that's quite probably interesting for today's webinar and something that I think maybe we'll touch on a little bit is um, we are currently in the process of putting together a community art exhibition so this is responding to the jubilee as obviously a historical event but also something which we think kind of intersects in many different sections of the community and is something that we really see as like a moment for reflection. So that's kind of a a bit about kind of our background in creative youth and what we're doing kind of with this project is trying to work with different members of the community, different youth groups, local families, charities, artists, and bring them all together through using this historical occasion as kind of a a moment to really challenge and kind of redefine what we maybe see as being important about the Commonwealth um, and being important about the Jubilee, particularly as it affects Kingston and the area surrounding Kingston. Creative Youth is a charity which is in many ways a deeply ingrained local organization and we kind of really try and embed ourselves in our local community wherever possible, but we also have a national and international outreach. And I think that increasingly in community kind of work and community arts that's something that's becoming really important those kind of connections between the hyper local but also those more national and international audiences as well. Away from creative youth, I'm also an art educator working with community groups and families, particularly in like museums and galleries. Um, And I'm a visual artist as well. And I try and kind of work with communities to use art, to kind of empower them and let them talk about issues that matter most to them. But it's not really so much about me. I also want to give over to our panelists who are here today to also share their perspectives on what community art is and how it can change and what they've done and what they would like to do in the future. So um, I thought I'd just give us a moment to introduce the two panelists that we have here already and uh, we might have another panelist who's joining us later they're just experiencing some te- technical difficulties at the moment so if they come in we'll try and just embed them in the conversation as quickly as we can um so i thought i'd just start by passing over to johannes could you just introduce yourself for us
2: hi there my name is johannes konani and i'm presently residing in scotland where um, i work with a charity called pacheli which works around uh, visibility of minority ethnic community youth and uh, supporting them to be more proactive in their communities.
1: Amazing, thank you so much. And then just quickly over to Himali.
3: Hi, I'm Himali. Uh, I work with an orga- a local organization in Kingston called the Community Brain. Uh, and we host a lot of events, um, fun events around Kingston and we create playgrounds for adults. So yeah we just uh, believe that everyone has uh, the potential to do fun things and you know to realize their ideas and we help them do that
1: amazing thank you so much it's great to hear a little bit about the work that you guys do and I thought we'd just kind of jump straight into it and start finding out a little bit more about that um so I thought what we'd kind of do is I'll just ask you guys the questions and as we go we'll kind of stick to the questions as like a, a rough format but we can kind of pull different things out and talk about other things and if somebody says something that's particularly interesting to you just feel free to kind of let me know and we can kind of elaborate on that. Um, But I thought I'd start off by asking both of you, how do you think the arts enhance your communities?
2: Um, If I may kick start, I think the um, the, the arts enhance our communities in the sense that it gives them a sense of belonging. I feel the arts are a major part of um, everyone's culture. So um, when somebody practices culture, then they've got that sense of ownership or sense of community belonging.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think that kind of having that sense of belonging around arts and culture is something that's really important. Hamali, you looked like you were going to say something there before I jumped in. Um,
3: yeah, I, I think uh the arts in a community's perspective it helps to build connections with various people in the community that in on a normal day you wouldn't really interact with it's a it's a place of common interest where people from all sorts of backgrounds and cultures kind of come together depending on how interested they are in a certain topic so yeah it, it can also be a form of escape i guess so um i guess it's just where people are freer And yeah,
1: kind of just be. Yeah, I feel like it's really something that just kind of allows people to maybe try something new or work with different formats or different people that they might not otherwise work with. And I think that kind of brings all of those things in together, that sense of belonging and sense of like trying something new, I think it's really, really important. And then kind of moving on to maybe like the flip side of when you want to try and kind of do some of those projects and you want to use the art to kind of better your community and work with your community are there any particular barriers that you've both faced um, in your organizations when trying to put on art projects for your community
3: well putting up events and shows and markets and all sorts of uh, these projects they take a lot of work and uh, require a lot of group effort as well Uh, so i think just finding people with the, share, with the shared enthusiasm and belief in a, in a particular idea. And just, I guess the patience uh, can sometimes be really tricky. Uh, and I guess when you're doing things in public places, going about permissions and licenses can be really tricky because it's very lengthy. There are lots of things you have to read and lots of different aspects you need to look at. So, yeah, I think uh, lots of ideas tend to get stuck in the system and just in the bureaucracy of everything because you're just waiting for authorities to get back to you. Whereas um, in communities, I guess the timelines are different uh, as compared to how uh, local authorities and I guess granting uh, like gra- funding authorities look at it. They take their time because they have to go through so many steps. Whereas a community probably doesn't have that much time because you have limited resources, you have limited time. So yeah, I think that tends to be a barrier from time to time, yeah, or often.
1: Yeah, absolutely, I agree.
2: Yeah, um, I tend to agree with what Himali is saying there. And I think um, one major issue is you might know what you want to do, but it's just knowing the system or the way of operating, Uh, it could be, in terms of maybe procuring services um, to deliver certain activities, or it could be like uh, might said, the funding. Sometimes you need, you have to kind of sell your soul to fit the funding criteria in order to, to, to get the resources that you need to, to put something. So I, I believe, uh, um, I think capacity building is also needed, especially mm-hmm. with a, a lot of you know emerging local community groups.
3: Yeah, I think also with funding applications, I've uh, written a few of funding applications and you tend to have to explain a, the same idea in several ways. Mm-hmm. And I think a, <laughs> that just gets tiring and maybe you lose that that initial idea when you keep retelling it or you just keep saying it over and over again. And maybe the people who are looking at it lose interest at some point. I don't know what it is. But uh, it's a very, like, taxing um, task. Mm. Um, Yeah, and I had one more point uh, in terms of barriers. It's just knowing who to contact uh, can be a barrier. Uh, Like, I remember, so I'm fairly new to the country. I'm here, I'm just three years into living here in London, in the UK. Um, So I think just getting getting to know people takes time and not just getting to know people but just people who can actually help me with things I want to do so I think networking not everyone knows who to speak to not everyone's comfortable asking for help uh and they don't know and even if they're comfortable they usually are going to the wrong places um, so yeah I guess putting yourself out there is uh, quite difficult in general um so yeah. that could yeah
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. I feel like I can see like a couple of things that we're we're kind of talking about here. And I feel like funding is a huge one. I think that funding for these types of projects is something that's really difficult. And it's it's not always just simply a case of, oh, yeah, there's that pot of money and we'll apply for it. It's putting that application together. It's having the resources and often already having those community connections and those people that you can. For want of a better word like just name drop in an application to be like oh we're going to work with them and we're going to work with them which i think is something that i've definitely struggled with actually in this role like i'm not local to kingston this is my first job that i've taken in kingston so kind of like what you were saying himali like not knowing exactly who to contact and which organization might be best to kind of partner with for this particular project or knowing which sections of our community might particularly want to engage with a particular project has been something that's really challenging Um, And I've kind of in the time that I've been doing this role, I think that's something that's taken a lot of practice to kind of work out who is who, essentially. And I think that so much of our work can actually just come down to sitting in a room and looking at all of these different organizations on a local level, on a national level, and working out who it is we actually want to approach. But I guess my kind of question around that is something that we found particularly useful um, at Creative Youth, and I found in some of the other areas that I work in, is local councils and local governing bodies can actually be great places to start when looking for funding or trying to put funding applications together, or knowing which organization is best placed to support different communities with artistic projects, and I wondered if you could both tell me a little bit about your experience of working with local councils or local governing bodies in your particular areas?
2: It is if you um, if you are kind of connected to the networks, if no way to find them. So it could, uh, uh, one of the barriers could actually be just lack of knowledge mm-hmm. of how the, the local councils work. Um, uh, we've been fortunate in the sense that we, we've had support, but I know of quite a number of community groups who don't even know about these local area councils or how they function and vice versa for them to know The certain um, you know smaller community groups, so it's a it's it's a kind of uh, difficult situation.
0: Mm.
3: Yeah, I guess uh, with knowing what kind of funding streams there are in terms of local councils, you really have to dig into their websites because um, I had I've had a few uh, smaller projects funded by the local council, and I think because I work with a local organization that's how I got to know about it. And uh, I had someone kind of reading through my application and giving me advice, uh, because of which I think I got the application in the first place, because I think if I would have just done it myself with absolutely no advice, uh, it definitely would have been difficult. And because you also have to sit on the local council, uh, you have to sit for those presentations, and you have to speak to the councillors, and there's a vote, and it's a very daunting process. Um but yeah it's they do they do fund different kinds of projects like the one i got was for a walking route around kingston um, and um, yeah i mean if i think back to if i was in india and if i actually did something if i applied for a funding application for something like this i don't know if i'd get one so i feel <laughs> um the local council here in kingston was quite uh, happy to fund a fun design project to get people to know where they live. So yeah, it's, I think, <laughs> quite good news. <laughs> it's yeah. quite a silly thing, but it worked.
2: Yeah. I also wanted to add that, um, you know, the other challenge, we have been fortunate enough to, to be able to get quite a uh, uh, number of streams of, of funding, but, but they seem to be um, challenging in the sense of sustainability. Mm-hmm. so it could be short-term funding and when you when you want to create something that's lasting and sustainable then that becomes a challenge.
1: Yeah absolutely I agree and I think that um, what can be a problem sometimes with lots of local councils is that they have great funding opportunities but actually trying to find them and source them and realize what they are can be quite difficult like the access to that information whether it be online or knowing the right people is something that that can, I think can be quite challenging. And then also knowing kind of which pots of funding are long-term, which ones are more short-term and how do you build short-term funding into a long-term funding strategy? I think that that kind of goes back to something you were saying right at the beginning, Kamali, about some of the, the barriers. It's like the logistics around community organizing is so long and arduous and there's so much to it that I think that that's something that we often forget. I think we see community facing workers that very final step of working with a particular group of people or working with a particular set of individuals to kind of put the project together and actually have that artistic output there is so much networking and contacting and funding and fundraising that goes into all of that on top of kind of all of the logistics of getting together the information that you need risk assessments especially if you're going through a local council i feel like often that red tape and that bureaucracy is even longer i don't know if you found that to be a similar experience for both of you.
3: Also because uh, for these funding applications, you have to give in a lot of um, like your bank statements and a lot of uh, documents, right? But if you're an individual and you haven't found a local organization to partner with yet, it's very difficult to actually get that pot of money uh, because you probably don't have all of those documents and all of that in place. So um, yeah.
2: But- yeah, um, I totally agree with what you're saying, Himali. And I guess uh, between the to and fro, sometimes you get lost in terms of time constraints. When you've mm-hmm. got deadlines to start a project or to finish a project, they are kind of, uh, you know, shaken. And especially when you're working with volunteers, it's it's quite difficult sometimes because some of them fall off the radar and then mm-hmm. you have to, like, um find... know other ways and avenues of doing
1: it yeah absolutely I think that all that all makes sense but maybe kind of moving on from some of those barriers and some of the things that we find particularly challenging about the work we do I wondered if you could maybe share a little bit about what you think can be done to enhance community arts across the country so not just in your own organizations or your practice but other organizations that you know maybe are doing things particularly well or, or how we all as kind of people who work in community arts could do more in this particular sector.
2: For me I think a, a bottom up approach really works. Um, I think th- there's um, a problem in the sense that the organization or the funders that are trying to help come kind of come with a top down approach. So. When you listen to the communities that they are trying to support, you are trying to support. They are the experts of their situation, so they will kind of um, tell you how they they view their journey, so to speak, which is not always, you know, uh, understood by the funder or the people that resource or that have got the resources. So that bridge, um, I feel, there's a lot of conversation that that needs to be had between the two sides. Yeah. yeah, I
3: guess uh, from me, I think um, knowledge about just funding and funding applications could give people a lot more confidence. And I guess it, it just makes the process a lot more approachable. When you don't know how you would go about something, you don't want to do it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think uh, if that, I guess, yeah, just giving people the confidence to go about those processes could help and um knowing who to contact mm. um yeah it's, it's i think it's a lot about being approachable making these processes and just all of this approachable helps a lot helping yeah. me, like helping people make connections in the community i mean obviously the the, the the council can't do that but uh, <laughs> but yeah these are just things these are essential things in a community I g- that probably need to happen mm-hmm. so people just go about doing it more
1: <laughs> yeah it's confidence
3: th- and approachability <laughs> the yeah. two main points
1: <laughs> I think that there are definitely like kind of two things going on there's the one thing which is like how do we as people who do community arts like how can we do our job better and that's definitely things like having more information about funding and understanding the networks and maybe doing networking with other community organisations so that we know what's happening in different places at different times. That's definitely one side of it. And then the other side that I'm seeing is more kind of like what you were saying, Johanna, is about how do we actually work with the community? So we've got great community art workers. How are we going to collaborate with the communities even better? And I have to say, I really agree with you, like having that bottom up approach where you're able to kind of start almost from nothing. So like, For example, we've run a couple of workshops at Creative Youth where we've just taken a series of art materials and just seen what people make. And whilst they're making those things, you kind of pull out the conversations about, well, if you were going to go on and push this idea further, where would it end up? What are the ideas that you would like to try or what are the things that you've never seen before that you'd like to have a go at doing? And I think that actually that's where the arts, and I'd be interested to see what you both think. I think that's where the arts can work really, really well. I think that the arts can give you freedom to kind of create and explore and experiment and have quite a safe and and sort of risk-free way of engaging with communities. And I don't know if you've both found that to be the case as well.
3: Yeah, I guess there's someone facilitating that process. So you're seeing that it goes through its entire, uh, like wherever it's supposed to go. So
1: yeah, that, that does
2: help. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally uh, agree with you in the sense that, that that's the, the, the broad sense that the arts actually work in. You, you, you don't quite know what they're going to bring out, you know, but sometimes um, it's, the process is stifled by the bureaucracy that you had been talking about earlier on. So I think it's, I guess it's, it's having that sense of freedom where the artists can express themselves and and take us through their own journey as to how they see it, allowing for, for us to support and facilitate that process. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Also, sometimes, so in my organization, a lot of the times we believe it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Uh, so when we have an idea, we just do it, and uh, but it's obviously almost a privileged thing to say. That, oh, I, I did it, but there are no, there, there aren't going to be any repercussions for what I've done. So I guess councils probably need to be a little, maybe not as difficult, because if you've done something like if we've, say, painted a mural on an underpass, uh, just knowing that you know I'm not going to be thrown in jail or gonna to have to pay a fine for it. It's not graffiti because the community is benefiting from it. there are lots of there are various forums where you can get feedback like through neighborhood groups and stuff like that where people are actually giving feedback a real-time feedback and if it's like people are liking it then don't uh, you know uh, make people suffer in the process so just I guess they need to be a bit lax. I uh, think yeah. things can be very
2: difficult sometimes. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree with you there Himali. So there are two schools of thought. There's some that calls for aesthetic value. That is the beauty of art, like you're saying, the mural. And some people might see that as vandalism. So where do we draw the line? And I think those are conversations to be held in, in, in communities.
1: Yeah, completely. I think that actually so much of what we do in our organizations is exactly what local councils want to see more of, bringing different people together around a particular issue or topic and responding to that in what feels like a safe and creative way. But actually, as the organization's putting those things on, having to go through, even kind of not worrying about necessarily the repercussions of doing things, but even having to jump through all of those hoops just to actually get that thing off the ground, I think can be really difficult and actually puts a lot of people off people who might be great artists or people who are really involved in their community, they're going to be put off from doing the things that they might have a vision of doing because of some all of the hoops that they have to jump through to actually get there. And I think that that's really, really difficult and really challenging. Something that I'm also hearing quite a lot about, not just in this conversation that we're having now, but also in the sector more broadly is about the importance of the individual artists that you might work with to create community artwork Mm. um, and the actual people who you have facilitating these moments of interaction between your organization and the community. Um, So I wondered if you were going to sort of maybe advise a local artist or perhaps you are artists yourselves, like what would be the best way to engage with local groups? How would you recommend an artist get involved in community artwork?
2: Uh, First of all, I think people should be more open-minded So you are an individual, you are an artist. And if you understand that exploring does not take away your individual creativity. So if you are open to what the community sense brings, it's kind of a 50-50 situation where I personally call the beholder's share, where you view something, you give um, it meaning, Mm -hmm. right? And it also validates who you are. So um, um, that's, that's how I would put it across.
3: Uh, for me, uh, so I feel like this has been my journey, whereas uh, I was a university student and I wanted to um, partner with someone for my uh, master's oh, dissertation. My and I literally did a Google search and emailed, <laughs> I don't know, 10, 20, several organizations, I just Googled one word and th- thought, okay, maybe someone I'll find something or the other. So uh, just certain keywords, I Googled it, I found a bunch of emails, just sent out lots of emails. So I think it's just, you really have to put yourself out there. And emails really work. People reply to emails. And if those people can't help you, they'll always signpost you to someone else. Um, So yeah, uh, Google (laughs) to start with, but uh, a step further is if you actually go to funding websites, um, like say the GLA or like you have so many different funding websites, they have lots of case studies on them. uh, So you can actually find lots of neighborhood groups and local groups on those case studies. uh, And maybe then you could get in touch with them because then you've actually seen the work they've done. So you have an idea of the kind of space they're in. Uh, and then maybe find their emails or phone numbers or events that they're uh, hosting and maybe go for those events and meet those people. And also, I guess in your own neighborhood, you can always look out for local events and actually it's all about speaking to people and asking for help.
1: Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think that actually like as somebody who, so I never went to art school, never studied art, didn't know that this is really necessarily what I wanted to do, I knew that I was creative and interested in these things. It's something that I've very much fallen into through doing arts education and community work, and then actually realizing kind of the important role that the artist has in kind of creating those opportunities and actually being that bridge between an organization and the people and the community. That was the person I knew I wanted to be. So I kind of developed my art practice alongside doing these things. And that actually what you were just saying, Himali, really resonated with me about it's about matching yourself to those organizations who you think best reflect your own practice and your own values. It's not you can use your creative practice and the art that you make in lots of different creatively inspiring and interesting ways. What you really need to look at is not who's necessarily offering the best artistic opportunity, although that's part of it. It's about who are they working with? How are they working? And Kind of what is the the kind of network around that organization how could they get me to work with the people that I want to work with and actually I think that every artist I've ever spoken to that's worked with communities has found that working with people with a whole spectrum of sort of interest in art and knowledge about art has made their practice infinitely better for like every time I run a workshop I learn so much from the people that I run those workshops with which I think sounds like a very nice warm fuzzy sort of community art thing to say, but I think that it is generally true, and I don't know if you both agree with that as well.
2: Yes, um, I I totally agree with that. I get the sense that um, an artist would like to preserve themselves and hence then need to uh, look for a group with similar interests or who fits your way of um, seeing things. But it's all about the artistic growth, isn't it? Mm So I think that's the the other side that we're talking about that you should be open to exploration as an artist. I don't think it it, it diminishes you as an artist in any way.
3: Yeah, I think um, a group that kind of lets you be and explore your own practice uh, really helps. And also an organization that has you now that you're you've entered their network can keep coming back to you for help or if they have new projects they'll be like hey i know this one person who's who worked with us a couple of years ago and they'll be perfect for this uh, new project so i think building those connections through those first few projects and i think the work could get better and better as time passes as well and the person who the artist himself or herself can maybe be a lot more open about and maybe art directed uh, or create uh, like creatively directed uh, better as time passes by.
1: Yeah, I think that it's about, again, it's about that network, networks of community groups, networks of individual people, networks of artists and bringing them all together. And I think that that's where organizations like ours, I think can often sit. I think that we kind of act as that bridge, bringing all of those different people together wherever possible. And yeah. I think that's quite... An exciting place to be sorry Johannes you were going to say something
2: yeah I was actually going to say uh Archie and, and I also think it's about um the people that partake your of your art as well just listening to them as well because obviously you don't just create uh, art in a vacuum Mm-mm. there are people that interact with your art so it's also about listening to them um in my language we've kind we've got a, a kind of an expression and um the literal um translation is art is like um, uh, a chef your job is to create the meal and there are people whose job is to taste the meal Mm. so I think there needs to be a rapport between the two
1: yeah I can I think that's really really nicely put I think that actually opening your own practice up to having even more people look at it and ideally criticize it tear it apart and put it back together again I think is only going to make you a better artist yeah Yeah. hopefully Uh,
3: that's what I like about working with community groups, okay. because you always, because you do something in a smaller, when I say smaller space, I mean, it's like in a neighborhood or a certain borough, you're getting real time feedback. Uh, you, you're not just putting it out in the world, and you don't know who's consuming it. You're still doing it in that kind of space. So you are getting that feedback. And it's it's really nice uh, to I mean sometimes it's bad feedback but then you learn from the bad feedback but when it's good feedback it gives you a, a lot more confidence to actually be able to do better work next time
1: yeah yeah I agree like uh one of my which I say to lots of people and I th- think it's quite controversial but one of my favorite uh audiences to work with and sort of create art together with is teenagers like people that are like 14 15 16 um because they will just tell me exactly what they think and they are also often people who are they're some of the only people that are actively making art as part of their day-in, day-out lives because they have to do art on the curriculum. luckily still. Um, so they do have, like, a really good understanding of creative practice and art and making music or drama or whatever it is they do. And actually, those are really interesting. It's a really interesting age to work with because they are so open and honest about critiquing things and and tearing them apart, which I think I've really enjoyed and it's allowed me to experiment and feel less pressure when it comes to making things, which I think is something that artists struggle with a lot, massively. Um, So yeah, I think that's a really nice kind of way to talk about where we think artists themselves, whether that's people who make visual art or music or drama, whatever it is they're doing, where they sit in this kind of community art sort of sector and where they sit in this network um I thought just kind of moving on to our last question um it would be really nice for you both to talk about some community art organizations that you maybe particularly admire or maybe your own community organizations and just tell people a little bit about why they should get involved or maybe how they can get involved as well
3: Um, so I can talk about the community brain because uh, it really is a very good organization. Um, so we, we work essentially with uh, people who live in uh, the neighborhood that, I mean, we work in Talwood, Surbiton, in Kingston, in Chessington, and Hook. Uh, so we try to try and get people in those neighborhoods involved in our work. We want them to come to us with their ideas. uh, And we kind of just connect them to um, relevant networks in case we don't know exactly how to help them, but we are good connectors. I think that's essentially what we do. We connect and we facilitate um, their like project sometimes if, because sometimes people do need help.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Uh, So yeah. Uh, And we believe that everybody is brilliant, if given the support and encouragement, uh, which is very important.
1: Amazing. Um, Would you mind just telling us a little bit more about exactly how people could go about getting involved? Is that just coming to you guys and visiting you, dropping you an email? Like what?
3: Uh, Yes, you can uh, drop us an email. Uh, I'll have to look at the email address. Okay, it's contact the communitybrain.org. Yeah, we, <laughs> we have a website that's called the communitybrain.org. Um, you can also drop in an email. You can drop me an email. My name is Himali. So my email is Himali at the Community brain. We're on Instagram as communitybrain, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Um, so you can direct message us. And we host a lot of uh, events around Kingston, Surbiton, Tolworth, and Chessington and Hook. Um, So our primary base is in Tolworth. We have a little space at Tolworth Station. It's called Baking Ideas. So uh, you can always drop by. Usually on a Tuesday, if you come by, uh, you'll meet the team. Um, So Tuesday is usually a good day to come in. But yeah, these are some spaces you can talk to us
1: soon. Amazing. Uh,
2: For me, it's uh, one of our projects, uh, which is named uh, uh, School of African Cultures. So it has uh, managed to support um, children from um, you know, an African background who have often heard you know, their uh, roots being painted in a negative sense, uh, the dark continent, third world countries, uh, poverty and all that. But they have um, managed to recreate themselves. Um, in fact, to, to validate their own identities through what they have learned and the art that they have created. They they did an exhibition that was dubbed um, um, a museum of me, where they kind of created a sense of what they felt they were, you know, in terms of um, their, their African roots and their local Scottish roots as well. So uh, uh, both and it is actually given birth to an event that is coming up, which is going to be a, an annual event, which is called um, Rediscover Africa, hashtag change the African narrative. So it is from those young children that, is, that have given us that concept. And it's actually just seeing them flourish. You know, um, even in terms of the curriculum, when they say nothing much is spoken about Africa in their curriculum, so we have um, you know, supported them to create that curriculum that um, helped them uh, grow as individual, as artists. So you can get in touch with us uh, um, at Pachedu. And my um, email address is johannes.gonani at pachedu.org. And we are on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter and yeah. And we've also got a, a website uh, that is uh, Pacelli.org.
1: Amazing. Well, thank you so much. These sound like really interesting organizations. And I know you both work on fantastic arts projects as well. Um, I guess I'll just say a little bit about Creative Youth as well. So um, we are an arts education organization. We uh, aim to kind of use the arts as a tool and a space for people to try things out that they maybe have never done before. Um, And we want to kind of, our slogan is creating futures through the arts. So it's really about kind of giving people the tools to do things that they've always wanted to do. And we use art and we use that term to mean pretty much anything you can possibly think of. We worked on circus things, visual arts, music, dance, drama, theater, comedy, pretty much anything, poetry, spoken word, there's so much there. And we don't really want to kind of limit or confine people to any one thing. If people want to try, putting on a performance here or making an art piece there. That's something that we really wanna champion and kind of um, give people the tools to do that. Uh, The best way to get in contact with us is to email us, which I think again, goes back to what Himali was saying. Emails do really work. It might take a while. You might have to wait a little bit for someone's response or it might be that you get passed around a few different contacts. But I think when it comes to communities and working with community organizations, you will always get somewhere in the end because we're all motivated largely by the same goal. yeah so the best way is just to email us you can email me directly uh community engagement at org, or just our general which is uh, kind of hello at org. those are kind of the best ways i think to get in contact um but yeah i think that we've had some really interesting discussions about what it is to work with communities what it is to produce community arts events and how kind of arts communities organizations councils all kind of intersect together when it comes to making projects like this. Um, Yeah, I wanted to take a moment to say thank you so much to both of you. It was brilliant to kind of hear about your work and the things that you do. Um, I didn't know if either of you had any final thoughts, but if not, I think we'll just pass on over to Tom and let everyone get on with the rest of their evenings.
2: Um, I would like to say thank you very much for having us. And um, I would like to thank Himali as well. I think it was uh, insightful hearing the work, the beautiful work that she's uh, doing. And also to creative youth, I say, please do continue what you're doing. This is magnificent. And I think this is art at its best, connecting with the roots of um, you know, art, so to speak. Thank you very much for the opportunity.
1: Thank you very much. It's been great to hear from you.
3: Yes, thank you so much for having me. And uh, so nice to meet you too, Johannes. And mm-hmm. so good to hear about your work. I'm definitely gonna look up your website.
0: Oh, well, there you go. It's all in the chat. So you can all, everyone can have a look at each other's websites, which is good. But no, thank you, Hamali. Thank you, Hannah's. Thank you, Archie. Tabith sends massive apologies. She had an absolute mare trying to get on. um, And I just said it got to sort of like 20 minutes ago, and I was just like, it's it's, it's quite too difficult to sort of jump in now. So Tabith does send massive apologies. Um, But no, thank you for that amazing discussion. Um, I'm sure we've all learned. Um, It's amazing because we're all dotted around different parts of the country. Obviously, I'm in Manchester and Wigan. So if anyone is around in the north, by the way, Tabith does run um, an organisation called Everything Human Rights, um, which is an incredible organisation in Wigan and Greater Manchester, sort of helping refugees, um and um just sort of help them with arts and different things they've got a show on this week called um zeon um as well on wigan pier so please go and support them um if you can as well um i'll post their i'll post their website actually hang on let's have a look um, I'll post it afterwards. But anyway, um, just about to about to creative view really quickly. And uh, we've got loads of diff- amazing things coming on as well. We've also got our applications for our creative talent program currently open for anyone local to Kingston. Um, as well, which is an amazing sort of pot of money um, to commission you, to also mentor you, um, and anything to do with any uh, local artwork as well, so please get um, get in contact with that. We've also got our festival Fuse International happening the 1st or 10th of July this year. Tickets do go on general sale um, this Thursday, but if you can't wait till then, we have got our friend scheme uh, that you can see on our website um, and you can book tickets through that and become a sort of friend of creative youth and fuse international as well uh, we've got so many incredible sort of uh, projects going on so please come and get involved with us please also get involved with uh, community brain um and obviously um with school of african cultures as well so yeah apart from that thank you all so much um, for your evening uh as well uh, and thank you again to hamada Johannes, and archie as well have a lovely evening and get um oh god i say it every time and i don't mean to say it get home safe it's such a horrible thing when you're on zoom but no have a lovely rest of your evening thank you bye everyone